Lacrosse fans to the Utah Lax Report, I'm Tim Haslam. Last weekend, the IM Lax High School League began play with games on Friday and Saturday. Fremont, Farmington, and Davis round out the top three. Games will resume on Wednesday and next Saturday with a championship game on Saturday afternoon. There was a town hall meeting on Wednesday with the CEO of U.S. Lacrosse, Steve Stenerson. The University of Utah will hold a three-day virtual camp later this month. Links to register to both of those can be found on the website. The UHSA released the regions for the 2021 season. There will be a record 58 programs competing next year. I also had a chance to talk with Kyle Hartzell, who is doing a clinic tomorrow, June 9th. He is a Team USA and PLL professional, and he and I talked about growing up in Maryland, the PLL, and more. Here's the interview. Welcome to the show, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Tim? Good. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Sounds like you spent a little bit of time out here in Utah the last couple of weeks. How you been liking it? I like it. it uh, it's actually snowed today, which was weird. Uh, snow in June. Not used to that, but um, you know, li- liking it out here and um, you know, just enjoying my time out here, just working out, getting in shape for the um, the PLL series we have coming up. So uh, just staying in shape. Got out of LA for a little bit. Just uh, training the elevation. So. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, obviously we don't know yet where the PLL will land, but, uh, you know, it was broken a couple of weeks ago that Salt Lake may be a candidate. Obviously, I feel biased that, that it's a strong candidate, but, you know, time will tell where, where it ends up, right? No comment. <laughs> should, be, should be fun no matter where it is, obviously, uh, you know, with, with the TV stuff that the PLL is doing and, and uh, you know, looking forward to it as a fan again, because we'll all be watching it from TV anyway. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, doesn't really matter at this point. Talk, talk to the to the people about sort of how did you start playing lacrosse? You know, you're from uh, Maryland. You know, were you one of those kids who started really early or did you kind of take it on late? How did you get started playing lacrosse? Um, I was a uh, soccer player growing up. I went to Archbishop Curley, which is a uh, MIAA school um, in the B Conference. Um, you know, they were known for their soccer. They were A Conference in soccer. I played there for a while, and then um, my freshman year, uh, the lacrosse coach, Joe Latona, um, he was recruiting, you know, athletes pretty much from every other sport in the school um, to help grow and make the lacrosse program stronger, and um, he recruited some of the soccer players, and uh, one of them was me, and um, I actually played attack uh, starting out as my first position um, playing, Um, so I started my ninth grade year. I played attack for four years, and... um, after that, I went to uh, Villa Julie, uh, which is now Stevenson uh, today. Uh, Paul Canabine was not there. I think if Paul Canabine would have been there, I probably would have stayed and played. But, um, you know, when I got there, I was an attackman, and um, I played for the fall ball when I got there in the fall and um, left shortly thereafter because there wasn't much of a program. Um, so after that, I went to Essex Community College, CCBC Essex. Um, so my freshman year, I played midfield. We won a national championship, um, undefeated freshman year. And then sophomore year, um, I picked up a long pole, um, and we lost in the national championship that year. But from there, I went on to Salisbury, and um, kind of the rest is history. Sure, yeah. And, and there you won the 2007 national championship, um, obviously a, a historic program. Talk about sort of at, at the end of your college career, what were your options? What were you looking at? Um, I didn't, I actually did not get recruited, uh, whatsoever. So, um, I think we're in the, the regions, um, the regional final game in for, uh, CCBC Essex. And, uh, I think coach Dobbin was at the game and he kind of said, Hey, you know, uh, I think you could probably try to walk on, um, didn't have any spots recruiting wise left. So 
I walked on to Salisbury from there and, uh, you know, kind of made the team, you know, walked on in the fall, tried out and uh, made the team. So, um, yeah, I didn't have the uh, traditional route of getting recruited and all that good stuff. I kind of had to make my own way. And, um, yeah, I took the, uh, the, 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 lo- the road less traveled, I guess you could say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you have a successful college career, you, you leave and, and go to the pros. I was looking at your bio uh, won, a, won an NLL title with Washington in 2010, and that same year won a title with the Bayhawks, right? Yes, yeah. So I so starting in college, I you know my freshman year at CCBC Essex, we won a national championship. Sophomore year, we lost in overtime in the national championship. My junior year at Salisbury, we lost in overtime to Cortland um, in the national championship, and then my senior year won the national championship. So I was lucky enough to play in four national championships. Uh, lost two, won two. Um, wish I would have won four and been nicer, but, uh, you know, you learn a lot, from, you learn a lot from losing as well and, uh, motivation, et cetera. But, um, yeah, from there I went on and I got drafted by the San Francisco dragons and then, um, ended up on the Bayhawks when they folded. And I was lucky enough to win a indoor championship with the Washington stealth. Um, there's a couple of Americans on that team. Paul Rabel was on that team. That was kind of his, uh, coming out party um, that season when we won. And, um, you know, we, Eric Martin was another, uh, all, future Hall of Fame defenseman coming out of uh, Salisbury, kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit and was lucky enough to play with him. Uh, Steve Holmes was a uh, another great defenseman out of the University of Virginia. Um, so we had a lot of Americans on that team, uh, mixed with some unbelievable talented Canadian players, and uh, we're lucky enough to win that NL championship against the uh, Toronto Rock that year. So um, it, was good. it was a good year, and then uh, got to win another nat- uh, championship with the Bayhawks in 2010, um, and that, that was also a great experience. So good year. 2010 was a good year. <laughs> for sure um you know you you've played professionally uh all you know obviously since then you were more part of the team usa uh 2008 gold medal team i i read on the usa site you were the only d3 player on team usa what what is that like um yeah you know i tried out and what was that 2000 to 2010 i um you know i put in an application to try out for the 2010 team um, I was the uh, championship weekend MVP of the um, championship game for the MLL and, um, you know, had a really, really good year. And, you know, I was one of the – I was the only defenseman to win that award ever still today. And then, you know, I was like, oh, that could be a good uh, in for Team USA, and they'd never invited me. So um, I had to kind of sit and wait. And, you know, that team was, you know, you have Kyle Sweeney who was in his prime. Not saying that I would have played, but uh, I would definitely like to have tried out. But that team was amazing. Joe Sanoski, um, Eric Martin, they had a – you know. Ryan Powell, they just had a studded team that won a gold in Manchester. So I was happy for them that they won, and uh, that made me hungry to come back in 2014 uh, to try out. And um, obviously, we didn't win a gold medal. We came up short, and then that motivated me even more to win, uh, to come back and play in Israel and uh, ultimately win a gold medal. But yeah, that, that experience just, um, you know, I'm one of only two Division three players to make that roster ever, and uh, Eric Martin was the other. And, you know, kind of fought, like I said, following his footsteps. He kind of paved, paved the way for me there. And, um, you know, he definitely motivated me to uh, follow his footsteps and make a USA team. And um, I'm going to try one more time uh, coming up, but doesn't help me much. They extended another year, so I think I'll be 37 years old. But um, I'm hoping I'll be in shape for that. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, the sport of lacrosse treats me right and I don't have any injuries and, um, you know, I can try out for that team. But we'll see. That's far away. But uh, that is one of my to play one more time and uh, that'll be it for me so yeah you know I, I think anyone who follows you on uh, social media knows that uh, you being in shape for that is, is a real possibility 
So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, age is like, yeah, obviously I feel really good right now at the age of 34. Um, but you know, a lot can, you know, sure. a lot can change yeah. from now to then. And, um, you know, I'm optimistic. I think I'll be, you know, a candidate for that team. And, um, I'm hoping, um, you know, I obviously uh, make it, but, um, at the end of the day, you just gotta, you know, set goals and go for it. And that, that's, that's what I'm doing. So. That's awesome. Uh, let's transition into now. Obviously, you're playing in the PLL. You're on the Atlas. Uh, you were an all-star last year. What What are your thoughts on the, you know, just kind of how the, how things have unfolded, obviously, with COVID-19 and then the PLL and Anthony Championship, Championship Series? What What are some of the, the feelings or expressions you've had during that time? Well, I mean, obviously, 2020 is not off to a good start. I mean, we had, you know, obviously, you followed along with the uh, PLL last year when we launched Paul Rabel and Mike Rabel. Um, did a phenomenal job of, you know, raising all the money and all the stuff that goes in behind that. I think a lot of people don't know uh, that story. Um, I think that story is going to be told here soon. I can't really comment too much on that, but there's something coming out where um, the, the whole entire lacrosse community in the world will be able to see what was put into that. Um, but, you know, just, you know, we played in the MLL. It's just, you know, it was a good product on the field, but, you know, no TV deal. We weren't paid a lot of money, and the sport really wasn't moving. It was kind of stagnant, and, you know, Paul and his brother, you know, the vision they had to take this sport full-time, you know, me and Paul always joked about it, you know, the New York Lizards hotel rooms, and, you know, he always thought about it. We always talked about it, but never thought it was an attainable goal until uh, we started doing it. And, um, you know, I followed those guys around in New York City when they were raising money, and um, it was pretty – you know, humbling to see, you know, how much goes into that. I mean, those guys didn't sleep for, I don't think, a year um, and still don't today. I mean, they worked, you know, their butts off, they worked their asses off. And I'm shocked Paul's still playing and has time to work out. But uh, he still gets it in and finds a way. And, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really grateful for those guys and what they've built. And I think every other player in this league is grateful for what they've built. But, um, you know, the momentum we had last year, I think, you know, we had two sold-out crowds, which, uh, you know, the league we played in before never has done that. And, um, you know, to see that is – you know, humbling. And also it, it makes you, it makes you feel like this is something real and it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we, we had sold out crowds and, you know, everything outside of that were crowds that were, you know, there's a lot of people there, not sellouts, but there was a ton of people there more than any other MLL game I've ever played in. And then the championship game, which um, I wasn't fortunate enough to play in, uh, playing in that playing game before, and then the big crowd for that game. And then ultimately the, the championship game, which, you know, went to overtime was, absolutely insane you couldn't have wrote a better story for year one and then come 2020 we had a lot of momentum and now we're kind of you know you know we signed a deal with Ticketmaster, which was going to be huge for us and um you know that deal is still there but really can't do anything with it because with COVID-19 we cannot have fans at our games so we're looking at the quarantine tournament uh which you know about and then the PLL championship series but you know I think we have a really good opportunity right we're looking on the bright side of it because like you said like our momentum here we have and um, we're not gonna let that die and we have all the Olympic TV windows for NBC who's our been an amazing partner and really put this uh, sport on a pedestal for us and I think is going to take it mainstream obviously at the end of the day um, you know we're one of the only sports that are going to be on TV and I think all eyes are going to be on us and you know intertwining you know sports gambling and with sports genius our partner um, you know I think it's going to put more eyes on the sport you know people that gamble they can uh, they have something to look forward to um, and um, I think it's gonna be great so I think you're gonna see the best lacrosse you have ever seen um, at the pro level um, guys coming in for you know two weeks and it is going to be you know high speed zero to zero to 100 um, as soon as that first whistle blows so it's gonna be really exciting stuff. 
Yeah, you know, obviously it's disappointing to, to cancel the season because, you know, you've got games every weekend and going to all these different cities. But at the same time, it feels sort of like a, a world championship event or, or a World Cup, you know, where everyone's there, everyone's together, everyone's playing games rapidly. And so as a fan, you know, like I said, obviously I would have loved it if you were coming to Salt Lake in a normal environment. But as a fan, it's, it is a nice time during the summer to watch like you said, when nothing else is on, you know, we'll be able to watch tons of lacrosse and it'll be quick and it'll be awesome. And we're looking forward to it. So there's pros and cons, obviously, but um, I think the PLL has done a nice job in, in pivoting and getting their uh, announcement out early. I think they were the first or one of the first uh, professional leagues to announce a, a comeback plan. So yeah, they're, we were, uh, they're definitely on yeah. top of it. Yeah, we were the first to announce. And I think you've seen, you know, Paul's pretty tight with all the, um, with all the commissioners of the NBA, he talks to them pretty frequently. And, um, you know, I think them, you know, us launching right now, we're only, we're a niche sport, right? We don't have, you know, we're not as big as the NBA, we're not as big as the MLB, but I think us announcing what we were doing definitely helped them kind of see like, okay, uh, this is viable and um, this is something we can do. So uh, I think a lot of like, you know, they're kind of, you know, it's, it's very similar to our model. They're, they're looking at locations and they're looking to bring teams in like the NBA's to a playoff, just the playoffs pretty much similar to what we're doing. Um, so it's good. It's good to see, right. I think this country with all the crap that's going on right now. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, sports are going to be good. I think it's going to kind of bring people back to normal. I think a little bit, a lot of stuff's changing in this country. And, um, you're seeing that obviously unfold on the news. Um, you're obviously seeing that unfold on the news. And, um, I think sports are going to, you know, give people to take a deep breath and kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. Sure. Now, now talk about the PLL as well. You, you actually work for them, right? You work in the PLL Academy side uh, of their vision. What, what exactly is the PLL Academy and, and how do people get involved in that? Yeah. You know, PLL Academy is just a youth of our youth event business arm. Um, you know, me and Joe Walters have been there since day one. Uh, Mick Davis was, uh, you know, the head of PLL Academy beginning. And now we brought on Rachel DeCecco, uh, Princeton all time. Great. And, um, you know, team USA member. Um, she's awesome. She's come right in. She's done a phenomenal job. I love working with her. She's a, uh, she's a grinder. She's a hustler and, um, I'm glad to have her on board. Right. She, she kind of came on at the wrong time or actually I, I'll, I'll turn that around. She kind of came on at the right time. We, I guess we needed someone like her. So, um, you know, with this COVID-19, we couldn't do clinics. We launched uh, PLL virtual. Um, and we've kind of been, you know, doing our, taking our, taking our clinics to, um, you know, the virtual space, which has kind of been, it's been an interesting, uh, it's been interesting to say the least because, I'm looking at a computer screen. I'm trying to watch all these mini screens and coach kids. It's not easy because, you know, you can't see stuff like out on a field, right? I see kids on a field. I can, I can, you know, go hands on. I can uh, show them how to do it. And it's kind of, you know, it's, I'm getting used to it now because I've done so many, but, um, you know, everyone's doing it and that's, that's the lay of the land right now. But I think you're starting to see fields open up, um, things starting to come back and I, you'll start to see our, uh, on field clinics, um, resuming here soon, but yeah, we're just trying to get our athletes in front of all these kids, grassroots, you know, grow the sport and, um, you know, make these kids better athletes and better lacrosse players at the end of the day, because, you know, I didn't have this growing up, you know, I kind of, we didn't have YouTube, you know, when I was in high school and middle school and kind of had to learn on your own and, um, go to camps and that was pretty much it. So a lot of kids have a lot at their fingertips now, right? PLL Academy, there's other, other companies out there that are doing the same thing. Uh, they have a lot of stuff at their fingertips, but yeah, we we're just, um, you know, we're pretty much in every state, um, running, you know, running clinics everywhere, trying to grow the game and, um, it's been great. So, you know, that's a great segue into you know, what you're doing tomorrow. So tomorrow at Sunnyside Park, so 
So Tuesday, June 9th, 6 p.m., uh, you're holding the clinic. It's not, it's not a PLL Academy clinic, right? It's just one you're doing on your own. No, it's not. I'm doing it in conjunction with um, Adam Gittleman. I was just out here and okay. I think that, uh, you know, a couple of defensemen would have came out and we had a good response to it. I think we had like 15 to 20 kids registered, which is awesome. You know, small little clinic. We'll obviously have to uh, social distance a little bit. Won't be uh, full go, but uh, we'll definitely get some footwork in and teach these kids and uh, show them some uh, drills and skills that'll uh, hopefully they can add to their game and uh, make them better players at the end of the day. And, and are you taking more or have you capped it? Yeah, no, we haven't capped it yet. We're taking some more, you know, we're, we're pushing it out. So anybody that wants to come along, um, you know, come on out. Uh, we're supposed to have some good weather. We're supposed to have it on Saturday. It got rained out. Some weather rolled through and some – it's actually snowing here in Park City, which I'm not used to seeing <laughs> snow in June. But, um, yeah, we have uh, Tuesday tomorrow, 6 p.m. at Sunnyside Park. Um, you know, looking for more guys to come out. We have a good solid group right now, but obviously always looking for more. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Awesome. And, and I've got a link on, on my website on, on how to sign up for that. So if you're interested, again, that's, that's tomorrow, June 9th at 6 p.m. at Sunnyside Park. Uh, get an opportunity to train with, with Adam Gittleman and Kyle Hartzell. Uh, should be a great, a great time. We, I know that, you know, like you said, growing up, uh, didn't have access to anything on the Internet. And so it was, it was really one-to-one training is how you got better. And, and I'm still a believer that uh, one-to-one training is, is an excellent way to, to get better. And so. Uh, that's awesome. You're doing that. Um, anything, anything uh, kids should bring or be prepared to to do when they're out there? Yeah, just bring you know, all full gear. Always have your gear. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll probably start out with helmets and gloves just because obviously we won't be going full contact because I'm going to respect the uh, social distancing stuff. Uh, I know stuff's opening up, but you never know. Everything's case by case right now and a little touchy. So we're just going to you know, keep our distance and, you know, you can, we can get footwork in, stick work, stick work, pretty much all the important stuff you need to become or all the stuff you need to be doing to become a good defenseman. Um, we'll be, we'll be taken care of tomorrow. So it'll, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be my first time out back out on the field all of 2020 doing a clinic. So I'm pretty excited for it. Oh, definitely. That is awesome. Uh, what, what's been your, uh, what's been your favorite lacrosse memory or, or something you're proud of on the lacrosse field? Uh, favorite lacrosse memory. I mean, always, you know, obviously winning championships is, uh, you know, what you're going to be remembered for at the end of the day. And, um, so I'd say on that front playing, I have two things. So, uh, I think, you know, obviously winning a championship on every level has been something that has been amazing. Um, and you know, Paul and Mike starting a new lacrosse league now. Now I don't have a championship in this league. So now they're making me stay around until I win one here. So hopefully that I take care of that this, uh, this, this summer. Um, but that's the only, that's the only level I haven't won on. And, um, you know, I won a silver medal at the indoor games, but um, I'm done playing international indoor. Um, so that I won't get that one, but um, you know, winning a championship on every level is something I've always strived for. And then, you know, obviously winning a gold medal is, you know, probably my top moment. Um, that, that was, that was insane. You know, the, the, the fashion we won, you know, playing the Canadians is, you know, that, that's, that's just been a rivalry going on for, you know, obviously a long, long time. And um, I have nothing but respect for those guys. And I bet you obviously we'll be playing each other again, um, hopefully, you know, at the next one. So um, that, that, that game was crazy. Tom Schreiber scoring that goal at the end with, you know, the, you know, that, that highlight will be around for a long time. So, um, and then on the other end is just, you know, uh, like I said, I didn't have, you know, I didn't go to many clinics when I was a kid. I had to kind of find out on my own. Um, so I think another, you know, my, my favorite lacrosse memory is teaching kids, right? Going, I get to go across the country. I get to go to different states that I've never been to that probably didn't even have lacrosse, like Utah. I mean, I never thought 
I would never dream of coming to, you know, the Midwest, especially Utah. Like, they have a cross. Like, are you kidding me? But, um, you know, Adam Gittleman, Marcus Holman, Brian Holman, Marcus' dad, Will, they've done a phenomenal job out here in the lacrosse community and helped, you know, obviously growing it with, um, you know, the University of Utah and um, getting kids out here and playing. It's, you know, it's, it's great. So, I think teaching kids and winning championships is uh, probably my favorite, my favorite memories so far. You know, uh, those are great memories for sure, definitely. Um, what's, what's been something that surprised you about traveling around the country or, or maybe what's a trend that you see that maybe you don't like, you know, something you could change. But as you travel around, what's something that you see? Um, I, I just think, you know, like when I was growing up, I played multiple sports. I think you're starting to see this shift into full-time lacrosse. That's one thing I do not like about the sport um, mm. just because, like, I think kids are, you know, you become better athletes when you play more sports, right? You're not doing the same. Like if you're doing lacrosse full time, you're doing the same exact movements, uh, you know, that the sport of lacrosse brings to the table on a playing field. So if you're getting used to doing the same movements, you know, that you're going to get, you know, I think your, your uh, susceptibility to getting injured is pretty high. Um, so, you know, I played basketball, soccer, lacrosse, you know, I'd screw around, play football. I never played like in high school, but, you know, I was always playing different sports, and I think that's why I'm still playing today at the age of 34, right? I didn't get burnt out. And I think you see a lot of kids that play full-time lacrosse, they get burnt out, right? I had some kids in Texas. Um, you know, I had a kid get recruited to go to Maryland as a defenseman, as a freshman before the recruiting thing came in. And senior year came around, and, you know, he was one of the best defensemen I've ever seen play the game. And he just came up to me and goes, Coach, I don't want to play anymore. I'm, like, really burnt out. You know, I'm not going to force that kid to, you know, go to the University of Maryland, which is going to be, you know – tenfold what you did in high school um but yeah you're I think you're starting to see kids get burnt out from it and uh the landscape's crazy right now right it's like you know kids were getting recruited when they were in eighth grade I, that, that's kind of obviously taking a back seat to the September thing now but whenever your junior year but um I, you know I'd like to see it go back to kids playing you know multiple sports because a lot of these kids are going full-time lacrosse that's probably one thing um I do not like but other than that I mean can't complain. I mean, the sport's growing at a phenomenal rate. It's the fastest growing sport every year, and um, it's going to continue to go that way. Sure. Where uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, Twitter, Instagram at khartzel81, uh, Snapchat at khartzel81, uh, TikTok. I'm not really into that crap, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at khartzel81 on that. Um, but I have not gotten into that, and I don't think I'm going to. So. <laughs> <laughs> The little I know about you, I don't know that it fits your personality. So, no, yeah, I, 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 can see that. I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, is there any significance to the number 81? Say that again? Is there any significance to your number, number 81? Um, I was 18 in college. Um, there was a all-time great at Salisbury, Sean White. He was a great friend of mine. He was probably the best, one of the best long stick midfielders to ever go out of the uh, play at Salisbury. Um, you know, I wore that number and I think Berkman in practice came up to me and he was like, you know, what number do you want? And I was like, I don't, I don't really know. And he was like, you know, Sean White, all time grade, you know, Sean coached us, uh, you know, my, my senior year, uh, or junior year, he coached me. And, um, you know, he said, you should rock that number. And I said, okay. And I picked it up and wore it. And when I got to the Bayhawks, uh, Ben Hunt, uh, who played at UNC, you know, was a really good pro player. He was wearing 18. So I just flipped it 81 and uh, never looked back. So that's why I wear 81. Okay. I love it. I love uh, finding out how people get their numbers. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just flipped it. <laughs> cool. No, I love it. Uh, any, anything else before we wrap up here? No, I think, uh, you know, all your listeners get ready for some um, high octane lacrosse. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, the product on TV is going to be insane. And um, 
I, we're, what are we, four, I think we're like 47 days out. I, you know, I can't wait. Okay, well, thank you very much for uh, joining the show today, Kyle. I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck moving forward. Thanks, I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you.